Good evening, good evening, good evening. We are up and at it here on the Safe House Podcast. It's your boy, Pastor Ferguson, with my man, Mitchell Harper. What is goings on, my guy? Yo, it's cold. Is it? It's I don't. It's cold. <laughs> it's colder than some people's hearts out there. Mm. Mm. I don't know. It's cold. I don't know how cold. Like someone, someone posted on... My timeline, they said it's colder than the chicken that you forgot to take out of the freezer. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. And then for some of y'all that don't understand that reference, that that has some cultural context to it. But Yeah, because the know, chicken going to be the only thing that's cold at that point. Cause my they, Lord. Whew, that backside. Yeah, boy, it's cold. <laughs> it's going to be a little warm. But, but thank God for heat up in here on tonight. Amen. We're just glad to be with everybody here on the Safe House Podcast. We're glad that we're here another week. We ain't been canceled and culturally or otherwise. It's been good. But this week, who knows? May right. <laughs> we can try our best. We're right? gonna give it a shot. Yeah. We're gonna give it a shot. We're gonna give it a shot today. And 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 anybody that's watching online or listening right now, just excuse me a little bit because your boy a little tired today, boy. It's been a it's been a long day. Been a long day. We didn't we done married folk. And I was interviewed by one of our young people for a project, and then we come right into this. Not directly, but I had to laugh a little while because it's been a long, long day, and my bed is calling me right now, but I think we'll fire up a little bit. But so, see, pastors only work on Sundays anyway, right? Man, that is <laughs> the biggest misnomer in the history of the world. I mean, 
it is a misnomer that pastors will only work on Sundays because God knows if we only worked on Sundays, I'd feel a whole lot better That's about right. life right now. I wouldn't need caffeine. Has some energy. Right yeah. on. But I think we're going to get wired up a little bit. Thankful for the people that are here. As always, in person, definitely thankful for everybody that's watching us online. Is And as always, y'all know what to do. If you're watching with us live or if you are watching the replay, share, 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 share. Do not be greedy. Share. That's what you need to do. You need to have it in your spirit. Share, share, share. And if you're listening to this podcast on Google Podcasts, don't do that no more. Because they're going to shut that down in like two months. So... Find someplace else to listen. <laughs> and you know what you can do about that. Mm. This is the good thing about being on multiple platforms. You can go to ClaireUMC.com. You go to the homepage, and you can see all the different platforms you can use to listen to any podcast that you episode that you have missed. See, it makes life easy when you have choices. What? Hey, man. Hey, glory. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> you need to have choices in this mug. And if you're online with us tonight, we are ch checking the stream. We're checking the chat. Please chat. Let us know that you are up in this mug because we are going to always pay attention to what's going on through here. Um, my man Mitchell. Yes, sir. I got a favor to ask you. Of course. Can you please pray for a brother tonight? I, I'd appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Dear God, we come to you once again today. Uh, yeah, thanking you for the heat. Thanking you for the ability to get here safely, Lord. Those of us who have who have traveled across the, the roads to get here. Um, and uh, we just ask that you be with us as we uh, try to initiate a conversation, but be with those who want to engage in the conversation as well. Help our minds, help our hearts to engage with this word as it should be engaged with and help us to come out on the other end stronger. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, we have, well, before I go any further with that, just to remind everyone that's online with us in space, we are in worship at 10 a.m. every Sunday here at Clare United Methodist Church, 293 East Barthman Avenue, Columbus, Ohio, 43207 on the south side of the capital south city. Side? On the south side of the capital city, 10 a.m. every Sunday online and in person. I don't mind you being online, but please understand that the fire is real hot when you come in person. So you got choices. You got choices. But I dare you, if you come one time, you will come back again. Come on now. Come on at 10 a.m. every Sunday here at Clare United Methodist Church. And as always, every Wednesday, unless otherwise notified, Wednesday, 630, the Safe House podcast here at Clare United Methodist Church and online on all of our platforms, Facebook Live, YouTube, and all podcasting formats. Listen, we started last week with a series of thoughts dealing around this series thought of selective outrage. And last week, we kind of went into the thick of it, started to talk about the, the root of selective holiness last week. Um, hopefully, if you were listening if you were with us that it was beneficial in some way shape or form i just believe that as we are going through trying to unpack this more that the word in my mind that comes to mind is we're in a season where it's time to be 
so-called controversial. Uh-oh. So-called controversial. And at the same time, really unpack some of the things that we are dealing with as the people of God in a real way. So tonight, based off of a statement from last week, we're talking about kingdom workers versus plantation overseers. Mm. Um, I said this, I said this last week and I realized that some people, they weren't taken aback because of what I necessarily said, but I think as the week has gone on and as I've run into people and as I've had discussions with people, I think there is a need once again, even though we did it last week, there is a need to unpack and, dare I say, take a moment to decolonize some of what it means to be a believer in this country in general as a believer and to get to some real some real honest conversation now i will say this personally i've been having this conversation now for about almost 20 years in some way shape or form um I started a seminary in 2005, we're in 2024, so yeah, about almost 20 years of having the conversation that there are a lot of people that do not want to have honest conversations about doing the work of the kingdom, that's one part, and understanding that everything that is being said to be or what we attribute to Christ, all of it ain't attributed to Christ at all. Well. <laughs> and then furthermore, we have to deal with the reality that there are some people that think they're working for the kingdom, but all they are doing is working for themselves under the guise of a different master. Oh boy. Okay. I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a pocket because and and I and and I need to give some more context to why I'm in this pocket right now. Even as tired as I am, I was invigorated by a conversation. It's interesting. I'm of age to be interviewed by young people. I'm not quote unquote old yet but I'm old enough to be interviewed by teenagers. Yeah. And when teenagers actually want to hear what you got to say and they make the time to hear what you got to say and they show up professional, like I wasn't even dressed. I was, I was underdressed for this thing. Technically made you look bad. huh? Oh, he made me look bad. He came, <laughs> he came in a suit. Everything. He came ready to, he came professional, so I gave him professional That's answers. Right. Yeah. So he was asking me, because this particular young man 
Jaden, uh, Sister Tammy Collins' grandson. I basically used to look out for his daddy. Mm. Went to the same school for a little bit. He was he was the runt of the litter, and I was big brother. So this is almost like talking to my nephew. Yeah. And he asked me questions about specifically the black church Mm -hmm. and the relevance of the black church in the community. And he asked some very profound questions, which I was going to give him every profound answer I could because he gave questions that no 14-year-old should be giving. So so why why are we going to lie to him? So I'm in a pocket because he decided on his own to ask things that we don't always ask. And I think it's just reinforced for me that we have a church culture right now where people really don't know. They sincerely don't know if they're really doing kingdom work or if they are serving an empire Mm -hmm. or serving the interests of an empire because they have no idea about the difference. And I go to the point of saying plantation overseer because even on a plantation, even if you were an overseer, you were still under the thumb of the master. Mm -hmm. Even though you got a few more things and you got a few more privileges, you were still under the thumb and control of the master. Being a boot licking trustee, as they said in in the movie Life. You still a prisoner. You just happen to be, you know what I mean? Ain't, ain't, ain't that much changed. Not much. <laughs> and and I'm and I'm concerned because of all the things that are happening now. There's so many people that are coming around talking about methods, talking about ideas, talking about concepts, but they're not talking about the one thing that matters, Mm. which is the harvest. They're not talking about the work of getting souls, and, and I'm concerned. I'm concerned because when did it become... When did it become fashionable Mm -hmm. or worthwhile to take your energy and put more energy into corrupting or interrupting someone else's ability to do the work of the kingdom as if you know what God has spoken to somebody about it? Now, don't get me wrong. There are things that we know we should and should not do. Mm -hmm that are foundational, okay? Even in the United Methodist Book of Discipline, it teaches us that we that whatever we do, we shouldn't do any harm. Right. Am I right about that? You are correct. Look, look, that means, I, that means I, I actually earned my A's in those classes. That's right. Praise the Lord. <laughs> because that, that's, the one thing, that's the one thing that sticks out the most, and it's the one thing that even with all the stuff that's going on in the United Methodist Church, nobody brings up at all everything that we're supposed to do. That's foundational in the book yeah. of discipline. Mm-hmm. Whatever we do, we should not do any harm. First, do no harm. Yeah. Do no harm. But we find people 
intentionally doing harm mm. in the name of bad theology and in the name of promoting empire over doing kingdom work. Do you think it's do you think it's on purpose or do you think it literally is just because they don't know how to discern bad theology? And and that's not me knocking anybody. Like sometimes bad theology is dressed up real nice. So like are they is it on purpose? Do you, do you do you think that the power and the influence potential is strong enough for them to forego even trying to do the right thing? to move into the space of intentionally using bad theology to wield power and influence over other people. When we don't, when we don't, I think I said it last week, when we don't serve the right God, we don't ask the right question. Mm. If your God can't handle your questions, then you ain't serving the right one. Mm -hmm. If your God can't handle, okay, here's an example without even going to the, not to the selected text of tonight, but just in general in the Bible. Job trusted God, but then eventually got to a place of lament. Yeah. And he went straight to God and said, how, how you let this happen to me? Why is this going on? And then God says, who are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah where were you? When I created all this, <laughs> where you want, look, Look, it didn't say this in the text, but were you on the board of me, myself, and I when I created? <laughs> Ain't that what the Trinity is? Say, Ain't nobody asked you. Nobody asked you nobody about asked you. the creation of this and the creation of that. <laughs> nobody asked you. You know what I'm saying? No, no, nobody consulted you about this. I did this on my own, mm -hmm. right? So where were you? And then Job, what did he do? He backed down. But here's the thing. God didn't get angry at him for asking the question, no. but he did give him a response. A straight response. <laughs> and the same God, look, every time people be like, God's going to give me. No, God ain't got no issue with you asking the question, challenging whatever, doing this or doing that. God ain't got no issue with that. But we think because we don't, we don't have a... We don't have a theological or we don't have a practical theology that says we need to ask some questions sometime yeah. to get some understanding, to get, to get somewhere that makes some sense. We don't do that because we think that God can't handle our questions. So because of that, we don't dig any deeper. Because of that, we don't study any deeper. Because of that, we will toe line so we don't have to do anything because if I got to learn anything, then I got to be more responsible for it, right? My pastor at uh, Christ United Methodist Church, Dr. F. Willis Johnson, he says we worship God in our questions. And so, like, if you're not asking any questions, you're denying yourself a new avenue to experience God. Like, I, I think we have a, I don't know if it's the, if it's the, the individualist nature of of just what we've become and I don't know if that's just as as Americans or western culture or what but like we don't want people to know that we don't know. And so like if I don't ask the question and just go along until I maybe can figure it out for myself, no one else will be any the wiser until you realize, oh, I ain't asked no questions in a long time and now, <laughs> now I don't know nothing. 
Exactly. And so, and so when we get into a position where we're talking about expanding the kingdom, doing more for the kingdom, doing this, doing that, we limit ourselves because we're not even taking the chance to examine what do we have to do? How are we going to have to think this thing through? What is our place in doing X, Y, and Z? What, what, what is our role? Mm-hmm. And then we begin to think that as we do certain things, for instance, if we get it, if someone elects us into a leadership role, or if we take on a responsibility in the church, or if we do X, Y, and Z, right? Then suddenly, when we take that thing on, we begin to try to embody mm-hmm. what it is that we're taking on, rather than still learn, still understanding what it is to serve. Yeah, we don't. We have people that will hold on to spaces because. They've become the position, and them have have melded together. Yeah. It's not. I'm, I would serve regardless. It's not the spirit of. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I can for the Lord. They say I want to just basically be in control so I can what look over and do this and do that rather than be focused on what the mission is. Now. Let's build this a little bit because we got two scriptures mm-hmm. to investigate, and they do go together. And I, I didn't even realize they went together this way. But let's start with the first one, which is Matthew 9, 35 through 38. You want me to read that one? Go right ahead. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus went out through the cities and villages, teaching, preaching, healing. Those are three things in his ministry happening. Somebody would say that preaching wasn't there. No, 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 no. It, it's there. Teaching, <laughs> proclaiming. That's mm-hmm. preaching. That's mm-hmm. procl- proclamation and healing. So there was discipling through te- teaching helps discipleship. Proclamation is basically the prophetic that causes people to perk up to move. Healing is the activity, the activity that takes place. So let's just say for the sake of keeping it very, very broad for application purposes. He was healing in the text, but healing in our context could be anything from laying on of hands to providing care to this, that, or the other, okay? Just for contextual purposes, between there and here, yeah. okay? So there is teaching happening. So there's discipleship happening. There's proclamation happening. There's preaching happening. There's healing. There is activity happening. When he saw the crowds, there was compassion for them because here it is. It doesn't start off. I like when you read different translations. 
He had compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. That's how we always skip. No, this this text says, and this version says, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep <laughs> without a shepherd. <laughs> no confusion about what we're trying to say here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he had compassion because the people that were out there were being dealt with like sheep without mm -hmm. a shepherd. Why is that important? Shepherding in that, in that context, there is individual shepherding and community shepherding. Mm. I could have a flock of sheep. You could have a flock of sheep. You could have a flock of sheep. You could have a flock of sheep. But we're in the same community, right? God forbid something happens in my family and I got to go somewhere. If we are really in community, guess what would automatically happen? You got your flocks, but you will watch out for my flock until I return. Why? Because we want to make sure that all the sheep are taken care of regardless. Nobody is in it just for themselves. Right. There is a communal aspect, okay? Sounds like what the church ought to be, right? Sounds like, sounds like, okay? They were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Could it be that his compassion was seeing the people in a state because they were under the thumb of an empire? Mm. That there's context. The Roman Empire is in control. Even, even in the land of Israel, they were under the thumb of Roman control. We do know that everybody under the Roman Empire was not necessarily a Roman citizen. Correct. There's a context to that. Mm -hmm. We know that later on in the New Testament, Paul was a Roman citizen. And it dictated how he got treated. Hello, somebody. Everybody wasn't a citizen, but they were under occupation. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Jesus, for showing up because this was not in my head. That's right. Help, help, help us understand better. That is... That means there are people that are constantly being dealt with in a manner that is not that is not that is beneath their dignity as human beings. Mm -hmm. So Jesus sees them and has compassion, not judgment, compassion. As he sees them being what? Harassed Harass. and helpless. Yeah. Like sheep without a shepherd. So that's what he sees. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful. But the laborers are few. He did not say the overseers mm. He said the workers are few. Which then tells us what? Christ was not looking for people to oversee the harvest. Mm -hmm. He was looking for people to gather 
we're <laughs> go go ahead, man. <laughs> we're we're so caught up in I gotta help God. Put me in a position to help God. And it's like, nah, I think I think he's gotta it's under control. It's under control. It's it it's it's being managed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's up to you to just show up and work. Like ain't 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 no there's no hierarchy. Like <laughs> keep going, cook. Go ahead, man. No, you you did want I, it. Did I start something? Okay. Go ahead. Go I didn't mean keep to. going. You cook. No, you cook it. Go just, ahead. I, I, it's God. It's it's the Trinity. You know, it, it, different places will have different conversations about that. But like, it's the Trinity, and then it's it's us. Ain't no. Well, I served on this committee for however long I needed to serve on it, and uh, and I'm gonna serve on it till I'm done serving on it, and. You know, these these six-year-olds aren't going to know Jesus if I don't teach Sunday school. And and this is why I might have to turn off the board <laughs> because that was on me. See, oh. I said, I said, now people that caught all that, they were like, look, we got multiple things going on in multiple spaces, and I messed up in one spot because I didn't transition. That's on me. See, so you got to remember, we're the realest podcast in Christendom. Right. Technology is technology. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's why I said what I said. Y'all going to be like, he, he he just blurting out stuff. No, I'm not blurting out stuff. I, I, I think I realized what happened. That's how we troubleshoot. <laughs> Harvest requires workers. Mm-hmm. Discipleship requires workers. Church growth actually requires workers. It does not require. It does not require supervisors. Do you not? How do I want to ask this? The fact that the laborers are there by choice. Does that negate the need for someone to be in that? Like, I'm I'm choosing to come and work. Mm-hmm. I don't need someone to constantly be on my back like i'm i'm choosing to engage in this life i'm choosing to accept jesus christ as my lord and savior i'm choosing to live in into what that means mm-hmm. no one has to be here to force me to keep doing the work i i'm choosing to be here i should show up like a willing volunteer but but that that comes back then to what am i am i being am i Am I serving? Am I serving because this is what's within me, or am I serving to be seen? Yeah. Or am I doing this to be, you know, someone? There's a meme out. It's a word meme out that says that the reason that most people, most of y'all, can't move in silence is because is because you you desire the attention too much that comes with being loud. I'll paraphrase it. Mm-hmm. So there are a whole lot of people that like being loud because they can't go without just being silent and moving in silence because that means, <laughs> you know, nobody nobody's gonna pay attention to me. Yep. And and some and when you're working, when you're actually working, some folk ain't gonna see you until the end result. Right. If you're really working, even then, yeah. If you're really working. Come on, man. Listen, yeah. listen. They they be like, you really? They be like, yeah, because I ain't got no. I I don't got time 
to put on a show for you. Yeah, I'm doing it to get it done. I'm not doing it to. Yeah, I'm not, like, not going to wait on you yeah. to say, well done. Good I'm job. trying to work. Yeah, yeah. because that, that's going because it's going to be wasted. OK, I, I got things to do. So when Jesus says. Harvest plenty, laborers few. That's a deeper statement than ever before, because I used to grow up thinking that it was there's not enough people to do the work. Maybe that's not what he's saying. Yeah. To be a laborer is a very specific thing. To be a worker mm-hmm. in the kingdom is a very specific thing that he's praising. Mm-hmm. Could it be that we need to be thinking deeper? We've been we've been waiting. Um, I firmly believe that there are a lot of people who began with intentions to do kingdom work, Mm -hmm. but then wanted to be employee of the month. (laughs) Very well said. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, would you say that that's just our nature? Um, Like, not not even in a look at me way, but in a in a desire to do well, but not with the mature understanding of why you're doing well. Well, let's take a look. Well, go ahead. Just the human condition of competition. Mm. You know, you didn't start out wanting to be better than him, but he started working too. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to look bad. Like, who wants to look bad? Mm-hmm. Who wants to look bad? Yeah. I wear this suit every day too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, went, I I come to work trying to get my work done too. Yep. And your numbers just went up. So I want my numbers to go up too. Yeah. And, and, and am I wrong for wanting Jesus to pat me on on, on the back? Am, am I am I wrong for for wanting that bonus at the at the end of the year? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? So so now so now I'm on I'm gonna say something first. I'm going to let it sit, and then we're going to read this other text. Right. It, trust me. Yeah. You know, it's a perfect question to segue. Absolutely. I'm going to say, I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to let it sit for about 10 seconds, and then we're going to open up this text a little further. What you just talked about in that moment is the fusion of Scripture and personal theology with capitalism. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it again. Personal theology, scripture, and capitalism got fused in that question. We're going to let it sit for about five more seconds, and then we're going to go to Matthew 20. And and, And prayerfully, we'll be able to unpack it further. Because there's... Because there, there is a certain level of meritocracy that's too much. Mm. Okay? Mm. There's a certain level of meritocracy that's too much. And if we're talking about doing the work of the kingdom, is God really going to do better for you 
if one person comes because of your witness or if a thousand people come because of your witness? Or could it be that when you die that your legacy may be the thing that draws a greater witness in your death than even in your life? Let's unpack. I need to read this for myself. Let's Matthew 20, 1 through 15. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them, he said, you go into the vineyard too. <laughs> and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again, about the sixth hour. And the ninth hour, <laughs> he did the same. And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing. He said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. <laughs> and when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired at about the 11th hour came, each of them received a Daenerys. Now when those hired first came, they thought, say thought, thought, thought. <laughs> uh -huh. they thought Assumed. they would receive more. But each of them also received a Daenerys. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house saying, these worked, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for one Daenerys? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. Here it is. This this is this is mic drop Jesus over here. This is everybody, no matter when they were hired, agreed to the same payment. The ones hired at the eleventh hour were asked, "Why are you standing here idle?" And their answer was, "Nobody has hired us." And the, and the owner said, 
Well, I have now. And you ain't said nothing but a word. Yeah. Come on. Can can we go ahead and go all the way here? We want to do this? Okay. Yeah, we're going to do here this. Here we go. Buckle up. This is very similar to the person that's been in the same position in the church for 40 years compared to the person that takes on the same position and has been in it one year. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the production in one year is the same as what was done in 40. And the person that had been doing it for 40 years is sitting back listening to how people have praised the person that's done in one year what took them 40. And they get mad about it, believing that they are due more because of time spent. Mm -hmm. Time spent does not mean you've been productive. You said when you came in, this is what I've agreed to. So you came in and you had an agreement with God. And this is what we don't want to talk about. You said, I will, ser- Lord, I will serve you no matter what. That's the agreement. I'm serving you because I love you. But you will begrudge God if others come at the time they come with the same agreement and they get the same love from God like you. And you believe you should get more because of time spent. That is arrogant. And that is overseer behavior. Mm. Mm. What makes you think? What makes you think? that you deserve because you've been around longer. For all we know, you still wasn't doing all that the master asked. Okay, let's change the language. Let's not use master and overseer. You ain't been doing everything God been asking you in the first place. Right. You've been a placeholder. Dare I say, you turned into a gatekeeper. Mm. And all you've been is a, what? A stumbling block of offense. And all the work you say you've been doing, here come the others that are more efficient and more well able. And then you begrudge, not them, God. <laughs> they got mad at them, they got mad at the owner for doing what the owner wants. With the owner stuff. Not what the owner wants. Exactly what the owner said he would do. Exactly what they agreed would be the case. There was no breach in contract. No, not at all. Everything was above board. We act like God is breaching contracts all the time when we actually knew what we were going into. But I think I think that's... That's part of the issue is I think we're always waiting for that shoe, that other shoe to drop. We're always waiting for that first time 
for God to not follow through on his promise. And if God doesn't show up for us the way that we assume that God is supposed to show up for us, that's then either a valid reason to completely disengage or to double down and move the goalposts and say, well, this is what God, it's like, no, like God said what he, God did exactly what he said he was going to do. Right. If you read more into it, that's on you. And like, that's why it's so important to study. Right. Because like, Mm -hmm. we're going to jack this thing up eight ways from Tuesday. Like, (laughs) but the fact of the matter is if we can just be confident in what, that that God's not going to do anything contrary to what he said he was going to do. What do you have to be upset about? Exactly. People aren't looking at serving God as the the blessing that it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hearing a lot of of uh, prisoner language. Okay feeling trapped, time served, Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, And this language is is messing with me because they don't feel, and I've been guilty of it. I've been one of those who begrudged the new dude. You, You ain't put in your time. Yeah. You ain't paid your dues. You know, I've I've scratched, I've clawed, I've been what what the what the words say in the heat of the sun. Mm-hmm. I felt it on 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 my back, and here you come in the, in the AC, and and the conditions are 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 good based on things that other folks have 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 done, said, uh, achieved, accomplished, and you get to benefit from these things that have already been in place when it's the 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 blessing is to be in the place mm-hmm. is to be in the field the blessing is to be out there in the work you know um like I, I i get it i see it from from both sides it's it's difficult for me to not see it from both sides because i've i've been so, so dejected <laughs> I've, I've been so so frustrated at that very thing like lord why do you keep blessing these people playing with you mm-hmm. why why do you continue to to give the people that i know they're getting ready to go out here and and, and smoke they're getting ready to go out here and drink right now as soon as they as soon as it's over with they get ready to go do it and you keep putting them you keep putting them up you keep you you know what i mean like i don't know that god knows what he's doing but no go ahead but he come but here come but here it comes right you just said you just said a few things that aren't said here. Mm-hmm. Let's be let's let's be specific. Text to application. Text to text to application. This is this is the real of it. You have um, everybody was a worker that was hired by the vineyard owner, right? Everybody was given opportunity. The only difference between the one at the begin the ones at the beginning of the day and the ones at the end of the day was time. It's when it's when they got found. Yep. 
our struggle, here's our struggle in general. And this is where, this is kind of where I want to cut across the field and where some of the, some stuff starts to happen. We have, we have some division issues, right? If you come in, you know, years in, whatever, dot, 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 right? You got years in, you got all this time in, you got all these different things in, right? Or whatever. That's cool. But I'm coming in not to say that your time has been wasted, but I was hired by the same person to do what? The same job. To do work. And and this is the and this is the issue. Now we're talking about a mentality. We're talking about a mind shift. Okay? A mentality shift. Okay? I've been at this for a long time. I could be like somebody in here need to pay some dues and do what they need to do. Dot 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 dot. No. And 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 I'm speaking from the same place like you speak it, right? Everybody don't have to pay the same dues. And the reason is, everybody's not going to come from the same place, mm-hmm. same position, same this, same that. But when God brings them in, when the, when the owner of the vineyard brings them in, <laughs> he looked at the ones at the last minute saying, why y'all been out here all day? They literally said, nobody came to hire us. They were in the square. We know this culturally. It was not, it's never been unusual that in certain marketplaces, they were in the marketplace to be found. Yeah. So they're saying, we've been in position to be found, but nobody has hired us at all. Think about it in the church. Let's go here. You got folk coming on Sunday morning. There are plenty of we, we don't like talking about it this way, but the sanctuary is literally the marketplace. Mm. You got all the talent in the world. Y'all have heard me say it once. I'll say it again. Everything you need in a church is already in the house. But the problem is folk don't look. We get mad when folk don't do this and do that and say, ooh, pick me. Everybody is not a pick me person. All you got to do sometimes is ask. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. But but that that bleeds into the conversation that we've been having over the, the larger course of 12 weeks or whatever. Why are we so allergic to creating plans where things can operate without me? Because we because we don't know anymore, and I'm talking in generalities, we don't know what it means to be community. Mm. Again, go back to the first scripture. He had compassion on them because they were being harassed and dealt with like sheep without a shepherd. If the culture says that shepherding was not just an individual act but a communal act, they should not be harassed. Right. They should not be dealt with in a horrible fashion, right? The community should be able to embrace them in such a way that they're protective. That wasn't happening. They were under empire rule. So then, and I don't want to get too far into the weeds here, but like. Don't worry. We, we, no, we're, we're where we need to be. Is, is there any correlation between 
how do I want to say this? The people, the people were out with Jesus, right? He could see mm-hmm. them being harassed and helpless, right? Right. Sometimes I feel like when we started to build these churches, mm-hmm. we were no longer harassed and helpless because we were able to go into our safe space and no one can bother us. No one can tell us how to do us in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's go further. You said something. You're talking about a country club. Yeah. You're talking about a nonprofit organization. You're talking about a social club, right? Nobody can tell us how we do church in here Mm -hmm. but the problem is christ's been telling us how to be the church out there so so what what transpired so that the church became a place for people on the margins to then transition to where the church felt like all we got to do is take care of the people on the margins or like we feel like we're 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 somehow better than them. We're somehow different from them. So remember, so remember how let's go, let's let's deal, let's deal biblically. If we're going to talk about movement, movement in concert with organization, let's say, yeah, that's the best way to describe it. The beginnings of the church was a movement. And as a movement, it did not have a centralized locale. Right. You went from house to house. Small group model existed in first century AD. Back before they called it a uh, uh, sm- uh, small group model, they called it house churches. And when I was in seminary, that's what they called it, the house church ministry, right? It's the same thing. That's what they called it. And that's how it grew. You didn't, the synagogue, nobody was trying to hear no more. You were going up in the temple, they were running you out, right? We, we established that last week. They were running you out, trying to do whatever and get you, get rid of you. They're gonna keep your they're gonna keep your money though. Right. But <laughs> you go house to house. You had house churches, you had house fellowships, you didn't have mega buildings, you didn't have all this stuff. So you had no choice but to be in the community because it was a communal thing. Mm-hmm. So the problem is, think about and think about this. Part of the reason we don't know community for real anymore is because if we're honest about it, all of us don't live in the communities where the ch- at, uh, in the community of the churches where we attend. Correct. Okay? All right. Let, let, let's get it all out the way, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I'm not telling folk to sell their homes and right. move back in the community. Right. I'm not telling right. you to do none of that. You want to live where you want to live, so be it, whatever. But if we were communal like that, mm-hmm. the way that would look is that we would not only attend where we are, but we would live where we are. Now, now here's an interesting, interesting fact about Claire folk. A lot of folk that attend Claire, that has been in Claire for all these years, they used to live in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and they didn't forsake the neighborhood because part of them not forsaking the neighborhood is still attending no matter how far they've grown. Mm-hmm. There is there's something to that, okay? 
But at the same time, if we're going to attend here, mm-hmm. and if Wesley's statement is true, mm-hmm. that our that where we are planted is our parish, and if this is where we attend and this is where we're planted, then we have an obligation to know what's going on in said community, which means that we have to have that within our being. Yeah. Now, I can only talk for Claire, mm-hmm. but let's just go ahead and put the church universal out here for a minute. I don't care, denomination, whatever. The question is, are we even attempting to be communal where we're planted? I don't have an answer, but I, in my experience, I feel like we, we want to make community in our own image. I think we want to come into a place, like you said, we've, we've moved out of, of, of places and things of that nature, but we still want to come back in and dictate to the community what the community should do when we are not living in that community mm-hmm. and we are not cow we are not kowtowing is not the right word but we are not um allowing the people who are still in that community whether they attend that church or not to tell us what is happening in the community mm-hmm. and we are coming into those communities and telling folk what it is mm-hmm. and i don't think that that's one a successful way to to do anything but two it's not it's not helpful. Like, like you're probably going to miss the point more than someone who's who's there seven days a week. Right. You, if you're just coming in one day out of the week, exactly. So, so now, what we have within the life of the church, because we, because we have those that really want to work for the kingdom and those that just want to oversee to feel important. You got to split. Yeah, you got division. Here's what it's like. Here's why the division prevails, though, unfortunately. Here's why the division prevails. There's only three things for a change. There ain't even six. Here it is. Three things for a change. First thing is the reason the division prevails is because people forgot the job description. Mm. Mm. They straight up forgot the job description. The job description is you're supposed to work. You are not in a supervisory role. Nobody wants to work anymore. Isn't that what they say now? Nobody wants to work anymore. That's what that's what they say. <laughs> but apparently, according to this, according to the to the um story that's told here in Matthew chapter 20, mm-hmm. the plenty of people want to it's work. The opposite, yeah. But then you get into a meritocracy that creeps in. The meritocracy didn't come from, it didn't come from the owner. Right. It came from people that worked. They transition from being workers to now trying to invade other people's pockets. Exactly. Why, it, why it, are you counting my money? Yeah. There's certain, there's certain things you should never do. Look, don't play with my money, and I won't count yours. You know, those two things should never occur. Yep. But in real, but in real time, and people have heard me say this before, don't tell me what what I'm supposed to be doing when you don't even know what you're supposed to be doing. That's that's the plank and the speck, right? That's no, and that ain't even the plank <laughs> and the speck. That's just that's just straight up on the straight up. People, there are people to this day, and y'all, I ain't saying something that I ain't said before. I didn't say it a million times. There are people that will legitimately try to tell me what my role is as a pastor, but they don't even know their role as a parishioner. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. They don't even know. And, and they don't even realize that I, it's not even about me knowing my role as a pastor. You know what it really is? Knowing my role as a believer. Mm. It's, it's bigger than bigger than both of us. It's yeah. so much bigger than both of us. Mm-hmm. You worried about one thing. And you don't even know what I understand about being a believer in Jesus Christ. And you're trying to figure out the one thing of many that God has asked, asked me to do. There's a problem there. When you got enough energy to investigate my role, that means you got more energy to do work, but you refuse. <laughs> you are not a supervisor. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you, wait, you don't own this. You just a manager. You just... <laughs> and you ain't even the manager. You just, you an employee like me. Right. Mm. Wow. <laughs> like why 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 am I why do I gotta explain myself to you? If you got that much energy to talk about what you think about my methods of doing this, if you got enough energy to get online, place your phone in front of your face, do a whole video critique about what someone else did, and you can't even talk about what you've done in your part of the kingdom? That's that's my problem. I don't care. And people be like, you should care about this and you should care. No, here's what I don't care about. What I don't care about is I don't care to hear people that if I look at your track record, since you're going to expose yourself, I can look at your track record and see you ain't done jack. But jack your mouth. That's it. You just open your mouth. You open your mouth and, and just let anything fly out. And you and you give all of your opinion about what other folk are doing. And the first time someone asks, what are you doing? Yeah. You have nothing to talk about. And and why do we get so caught up in and this sounds cliche, right? But like why do, why do we got to insist on dragging other people down to make us look good when we can just celebrate the things that make us look good? Like, it's, it's, it's okay to just say, hey, I'm cool. It ain't got nothing to do with you. I'm cool. Like, like oh, dude, with, with, the, with the money. Misery likes company. Yeah, I mean, but like, you can be happy with the money that you made without worrying about whether or not somebody else deserves to make what they made. Like, it's not, it's not a competition. Like, it's... Well, well, watch this. Well, watch this. At least the, the point number two and eventually point number three. Mm-hmm. Point two is this. The, the division prevails because all of a sudden people have dismissed the pay scale. <laughs> In other words, they done forgot what God promised them. Yep. When I forget the promises of God in my life, when I dismiss the promises that God has made for my life, to look at your blessing as if I'm missing out on something, that means that I am so insecure about how God desires to bless me and all that stuff, 
and I get FOMO about what's happening over here, yep. that I can't just say, you know what, Lord, I thank you that the way you've blessed me, you've blessed others. Or, Lord, what you've done for others. I'll just wait patiently for you to do it. For people, people get so caught up. See, I, and, and I used to be this way, right? Yeah. And, and then I thank God that I got saved from this. Yes, I got saved all over again. I used to get mad when I see some people because, like, the reason I can talk like this is because I used to be like this. I used to get mad that some people get in these spots over here and over here and over here and this, that, and the other. And I look at myself and I look at my talent and I look at my skill set. They're like, ain't no way in the world that they deserve to be over there. I got this, I got that. But you know when I got redeemed from that? When I realized all they had was an extra headache. <laughs> And it's like when you stop pursuing something and thinking that this is the mark and then you find out what God has really called you to, mm -hmm. it changes the way you approach life. Could I be pastoring thousands of people? Sure. Could I be in bigger spots? Of course. But you know what I prefer right now? I prefer to be the guy that the big guys call because they actually know that I ain't going to BS them about a bunch of stuff. And they never have to ask me to come to their church because I'm their friend, whether they got 20,000 members or two. Mm -hmm. Because what I've learned is I'm called to build up leaders. And watch this. What does it look like if you build up leaders and environments where you may not be the one with 20,000 members, but you help to build up the people that end up building up the stuff. I can live with that. Oh, I can live with that because that's, once again, here it is. That's my lane. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's necessarily it, but I'm just saying, if this is the lane I'm supposed to be in, I can be content with that. Yeah, because we don't all bear the same fruit. Ooh. But but it, it, what it immediately makes me think about is... Uh, David going off to fight Goliath. Mm -hmm. And Saul says, Hey, you you gonna need <laughs> you gonna need some stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he gives them all all his armor and all his stuff. Mm -hmm. And David's like, Look, man, I got too much swag to be out here in your clothes. Like, I, I'm not wearing your stuff, <laughs> you know? But like I, I, I know how to do what I do, mm -hmm. and you trying to make me do what I do the way you want me to do it ain't gonna fly. I come from the let, let's talk, David. Let me talk like David. Mm -hmm. I'm from the bricks. Yeah, I killed lions, tigers, and bears with a slingshot. You think I'm gonna worry about what this giant got going on? It's me and God, five rocks, and a slingshot. And I got more of an advantage than Goliath and all his stuff. And sure enough, what happened? He hit him with one rock, mm. perfectly placed. And the, Bi the Bible says Come on now. that the rock sank into his forehead. It didn't just hit him. It sank into his forehead. He done jacked up his entire prefrontal cortex. He just knocked, gone. The, he knocked the whole thing out. <laughs> all of it, gone. He goes down. He picks up. His sword, his sword, and chops his head off. He wouldn't have been able to do that 
with Saul's gear. Right. So what happens when we when we dismiss the pay scale, when we diminish the blessing of the Lord for doing the work of the kingdom? We miss so much because we then, God never devalued what was placed in us. We do that. Right. <laughs> we, we have certain categories or certain levels for what the things that we do get to be, right? Yeah, man. And which then leads to the last thing. And this is, and this point I think is the most important. I think this one is the most important. The division in kingdom business, the division between those that want to all of a sudden be overseers versus workers. Here's what happens. It's when people choose merit over mission. Mm -hmm. When they choose merit over mission. There is too much work to do in the mission for you to preoccupy yourself with merit. There's too much, there's too much work to do. There's way too much work to do. You, you, <laughs> the greatest thing that has happened since I've been a part of the United Methodist Church, West Ohio Conference, is when there was suddenly this moment of revelation and repentance where folks said from the top that maybe it was time for us to get away from the metrics of things mm. and back to the mission of things. You hear me? That was, that is, wait, what a revelation. Yes, numbers are important, but you can't have numbers if you ain't, if you ain't fulfilling the mission. Right. Right. And Watch it. What's the mission without metrics? It's just doing kingdom business. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? If one gets saved, it's just like a thousand. And God help. If a thousand gets saved, everybody should rejoice. One gets saved, everybody should rejoice. All this stuff is cool. Yeah, we can keep track. But what happens? When your mind is focused on the mission, mm -hmm. then guess what? When payday comes, you just say what? Thank you. Thank you. I've uh, been listening to this new podcast recently, uh, and it talks about different things that maybe, you know, we don't talk about enough in black history. Mm -hmm. And uh, what comes up a lot of times are these, these uh, what, what would be called slave revolts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what happens is if you look into some of the history, there are house slaves. Yes. Let's, let's, uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Who are being used by the master as overseers mm -hmm. to whatever extent. Mm -hmm. And there's this interesting give and take between like, hey, dog, we plan in this thing. So, like, we need you to be in on it because you have access, but we also have to deal with this weird dichotomy of like, you're also going to be the dude who comes out here and maybe gives us our lashes when the master says so. But we got to know that at the end of the day that you rock with us mm -hmm. and like, you don't lose sight of the mission just because the master wants to say, well, maybe I'll put you a little bit above everybody else is like, nah, fam, like we're all trying to get free. Like, at the end of the day, we are all trying to get 
free. So like whether you're in the house and you have different responsibilities and leisures than us, at the end of the day, we got to put all that aside and deal with this uncomfortable relationship because we have a mission at the end of the day to accomplish. And like, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but like you got to wrestle with those dynamics and those discomforts because at the end of the day, the master sees all of us and is like, all y'all exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So, so here's, so here, ooh, this is, is going to be a landing place then tonight. <sighs> Since you brought that up, here's the great, here's the great tension of what you just said. The difference between those moments in history and what we deal with in the church today mm. is that there's not enough of a collective that believe in the same goal. Mm. If we as the church collectively believed in the same goal, a lot of stuff would not occur. Dare I go further? If we collectively believed in the same goal of do no harm, the last two to three years Mm -hmm of dealing with everything from disaffiliation and all kind of uprising would have never came about. Mm. If we believed in the same goal, people would call white supremacist ideology evil and not, and not attempt to continue to benefit from it. If we believed in the same goal, we would not have people make, we would not have people go rogue and become gatekeepers. They would specifically be revolutionary to try to what? Bring people to the promised land. So I've made a decision a long time ago not to argue with people that Harriet Tubman would have shot. (laughs) In other words, I am not going to wrestle with folk that don't want to be free Mm -hmm. because they refuse to see that freedom actually has more in store than settling on a plantation that means them no good. I don't want to go back. Wait, I want to go back to Egypt. Mm. We was eating good in Egypt. No, <laughs> you was enslaved in Egypt. <laughs> you were being used to build stuff and make bricks out of straw in Egypt. Yeah, they was feeding you well because they was working you to death. And you are, and right now, even though the wilderness may not feel good, you are closer to freedom than ever before. And if you can endure just one more day, Mm -hmm. you'll be in the promised land. No, I don't want it because there are giants in the land and all this other stuff. Okay. All right. All right. Well, then you go ahead and die. Mm -hmm. And we'll wait for your kids to grow up. 
and let's see if we can get it right the next time. Mm -hmm. I am not going to argue with folk that would have died in the wilderness literally being steps away. Yeah, trying to find their way back to Egypt. Are you yeah. un yep. are you delusional? Yep. God made you a promise, and it is in front of you. And it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yet, you would rather, wait. You the song wasn't written then, but but the song but the hook says, and before I be a slave, mm. I'll be buried in my grave and go on home to my Lord and be free. Please. But but you would rather be enslaved by somebody that still means you no good, by an ideology that means you no good. And in certain instances, let's be church or church worthy by ideologies that are rooted in all this stuff that keeps on trying to beat you up in real life. And people have adopted it and try to measure it and try to put it together with bad theology and bad mm -hmm. understanding of the text and bad exegesis and still want to put you under their thumb under an empire. And you are willing to bow down to that rather than be a part of a kingdom that insists on you prospering in every way of your life, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. People still do that, and they do it because they'd rather be in a meritocracy than just do work. Because God help, if you actually do work and God use you, you might actually see the blessing not only in the work, but because you decided to what? Keep on doing the work. Yeah, yeah. Those who put their hand to the plow and turn back, right? Talk, man, you better. <laughs> nah, man. I heard Charles Booth in that one. He, he or she puts his or her hand to the plow and looks back. That's exactly how he said it. Shall not be fit for the kingdom of God. Why do that and just lose it all? Right. Because you want somebody else mm -hmm. other than God to say, well done. That don't make no sense. <laughs> let's 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 put it there for tonight. <sighs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Those that are out with us tonight, thank you for braving the cold. You didn't have to, yeah. but you chose to. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Those of you who've been online with us all night, it there's been some activity, but that lets me know that y'all been listening real tight. I've watched some of these comments. Lord have mercy, y'all been just listening tonight. Thank you for, for allowing us to speak our convictions about what the <laughs> Lord has to say. This Sunday, 10 a.m., in worship, we're on the road to community, community wellness, part three. Pray for us as a church as we have our vision day on Saturday. That's for our members only. We're trying to get ready to do what we need to do gear up to be the church as God has called us to be. I'm excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about how God is moving. But most of all, I'm excited about how God has chosen to use us in this season. Mm -hmm. um, selfish prayer request tonight. Um, come to tonight, after all the good of today, still with somewhat of a heavy heart, um, my best friend, is celebrating the life of his mother tomorrow, and I will be with him tomorrow morning. Um, be in prayer for my friend James Henderson.
as we celebrate his mother's life. Um, pray for me because I'm feeling the spirit of an overprotective brother. Because you know, like I do, when transitions happen, the worst of people come out. Mm -hmm. So pray that my mouth will be censored by the Holy Spirit and that I'll give remarks and not embarrass nobody on tomorrow. Amen. That's my selfish prayer request tonight. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. Yeah. I, I look, you know, I, I'm in the spirit of try Jesus, not me. Amen. So y'all need to pray. So, so, so pray for me. <laughs> pray for me. <laughs> pray for me. All right. Thank you. Let's close tonight. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. May the Lord bless the work of your hands, the effort of your days, and may the Lord bless you now and forever. And all God's people said, amen. amen. God bless you, and we will see you here on the podcast next week, 630, in worship, 10 a.m. this Sunday. Stay warm, y'all.